Nowhere else in any other type of thing can you do that. So when right. you get good at sales, that 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 blew me away there. Yeah, you you, you can't leave that lifestyle after that. You're just like, this is it. But well, it's and entrepreneur light. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. But I mean, yeah. it, it is. It's just entrepreneur light. You don't have the overhead. You don't have mm-hmm. the business cost per se, the marketing, all that stuff. But you yeah. can make really good money. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to Building Great Sales Teams. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've got a special guest for you guys today. His name is Joe Graham. He's a top seller for a Fortune 100 company in the B2B space. He's a sales coach setting up selling systems for B2B businesses, and he's the host of the 150K podcast, and they are 140 episodes in. Joe, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me, man. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. Can you hear my pug in the background? (laughs) Just a little bit. Sorry. So... So full disclosure, we, and this is a funny story. We went 400 miles all the way on a vacation back home and uh-huh. rescued four pug puppies. I think my wife took the other one out. She'll grab them in a moment. Sorry about that. No, you're good, <laughs> man. You're, you're, you're in the midst of it right now. So I have a yeah. similar story. A couple, about a month ago, maybe, maybe six weeks, my wife brought home a stray from a duck pond, right? Mm-hmm. And so I have chickens and ducks, yeah. And so like, first of all, I'm mad because she didn't talk to me about it before. Like she totally fell for it with the kids. Mm-hmm. They suckered her into it. And I, <laughs> and I come home and there's this new dog. So we have uh, a boxer. You know, I've had I've had mutts most of my life, rescue, stuff like that. But this was the first dog I actually purchased and literally my best dog ever. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's just he's, he's a, a kid protector, all that good stuff. But anyways, so uh, like uh, two weeks into having her, um, we realized like she's got an appetite for ducks and we have oh, ducks. No. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So oh. I won't get too detailed about that, but basically we only have one duck left. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. No, yeah. we, we actually have seven dogs. So we are a little bit mm-hmm. crazy in that regards. So we have two older rescued pugs, a rescued black lab, and now we have four pug puppies. Yes. We're crazy. I don't know. Everyone has their weirdness. We like yeah. pugs and they're all rescues. Like I didn't, like I didn't buy any of these dogs. Well, we phrase I had to pay for like their shots and stuff. But like, right, right. They just either you like pugs or you don't. I know that's totally not <laughs> what we're here to talk about. We can talk about no, other stuff. But, but hey, I can have seven dogs because I'm successful. No. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's what's up. Okay, so you got 18 years in sales and leadership. What are some of the the milestones that you've crossed that you you you'd like to talk about from that? Sure. Um, I think it's been failing forward and learning as I've gone milestones. Like I've won the president's circle for a fortune 100 company the last five years in a row. I've uh, won multiple awards. Pretty much any industry I've been in, I've won different awards. But Mm -hmm. for me, the milestones was being able to take my family to Disney for the first time, going to Hawaii for four times. We're going again, actually in November to do a half marathon. My wife and I are, which is kind of a cool thing to do. Um, because I'm all about life by design and all. Sales is my toolbox. Like mm-hmm. I do sales, I'm good at sales, but in reality, I do sales so that I can go and have a life that I love to live. Like I told a buddy of mine, I want to have a life where I am creating a life where I don't have bucket lists. I live a bucket list life every mm-hmm. day. 
And that's kind of what sales has done for me. So milestones, I've won multiple awards in different industries from when I've worked for the company I'm with now to when I sold heavy equipment to when I sold investments, that whole gambit. I even did some door-to-door sales back in the day when I was first starting out. My man. Yeah, that's where I started as well. So let's kind of go back there a little bit. When did you realize, oh, hey, there's this sales thing. I'm kind of good at it. I don't even have to be good at it. I just have to work hard and I can make more money than my friends and family. I fell into it. So here's the thing. I grew up in the Midwest. I had like that Midwest mentality. You go to school, you get a job, you're supposed to get married, do that stuff. The Mm -hmm. company I was working for downsized and I was pretty much cut from what I was going to be able to do. So Mm -hmm. I had one option. I could get a sales job. I fell into sales. In fact, the very first presentation I did, I had the manager there. I looked at the guy, go, I can't do this. This is with flip charts and stuff. And the guy goes, dude, I love Home Depot. I'm going to buy anyway. I'm like, oh, crap. This is not about me. That was that pivotal moment that I realized, wait a minute. He doesn't care about me at all. He just cares if I can help him. And once I Mm -hmm. reframed that, I learned that process. And then I just started leveling up. And when the door-to-door stuff, I would go and just knock 100 doors every day and just keep getting better and keep getting better. And then starting to relate to people and connect with people. I think actually for sales, if you start out with door-to-door, that's the best option because you have to be able to be quick on your feet. You have to connect with them immediately, overcome the ejections, do this stuff. Now, I love B2B sales. That's my game now. Mm-hmm. But in that the door to door thing, I, it's it's like not fun. But once you do that, nothing's going to surprise you. When you have too many old dudes come out in their underwear, because not like the movies, it's not like some <laughs> hot person's coming up to the door. It's an old right. dude in dirty underwear standing there and then wanting to talk to you for 30 minutes. And you had to figure yeah. out a way to sell them or yeah. other stuff. It's never the, you know, bright wonderful picture that they have or the one liner and then just learning and growing. And that's when I started that whole journey and I fell in love with sales. And when Mm -hmm. I made that first roof sale and I got a thousand dollar check and my day job before then was paying me like $500 for every two weeks. I'm like, Holy crap. In one yeah. hour, I made more than that. And then you graduate, because I was thinking about this, because when I was doing oil and gas investment, mm-hmm. after a holiday, I talked to this doctor, and he invested $250,000, and I made $25,000 in seven-minute conversation. And that was like, nowhere else in any other type of thing can you do that. So when right. you get good at sales, that, that, that blew me away there. Yeah, you, you, you can't leave that lifestyle after that. You're just like, this is it. Well, well and entrepreneur then- light. Sorry, yeah. I didn't interrupt you there. But I mean, yeah. it, it is. It's just entrepreneur light. You don't have the overhead. You don't have mm-hmm. the business cost per se, the marketing, all that stuff. But you yeah. can make really good money. Well, and I think that's the the evolution that you're going through right now. It's like, hey, I've been selling, you know, for the better part of my life now. I can transfer these skills into entrepreneurship because they do. They transfer so well. And so you're doing consulting now mm-hmm. and you got the uh, 150K podcast. So tell me which came first and what's kind of the design now? Yeah, the 150K podcast came first. So I was doing sales, winning awards, winning awards. Mm-hmm. And I kept having people ask me, hey, can you help me? And I'm like, I don't know. I can help. I give them a little bit of information, but I wasn't charging or anything. And I was like, I hit 100,000. Then I hit 200,000 and I was doing really good. Yeah. I'm like, I want to help dads. It was just in my head at the time because I'm a dad and I got kids. Yeah to take their family to Disney, to do the Hawaii thing, to do the things that you know you want to do. So I started the podcast on a whim. I'm like, I'm just mm-hmm. going to do one. I have a buddy named Zach Babcock, and he goes, if you could do 15 oh, episodes, I'll come on your show. Yeah, yeah, he's been on my show three times, but that's how I met him. I don't even remember how I met him online, but he's like, if you do 15, I'll come on your show. He was my 22nd episode, I think my 84th. 
And um, I'm like, well, crap. I know the sales process. I can do 15. First 10 sucked. Like with the podcast, because they do. You just, you don't know what you're doing. You're just doing the thing, trying to learn. And so the podcast came first. And then I started, you know, helping people that were reaching out to me. And I wasn't charging them. And my wife was like, well, first, what's easy for you is not easy for them. And second, I was seeing they were not applying themselves. So then I started charging people saying, hey, you got to have some skin in the game. And then people started reaching out to me because... I'm really good in the B2B space, which you know is systems mm-hmm. and processes and cold calling and doing the things correctly over yep. a longer sales cycle. And that's when I started actually more focusing on helping businesses set up their sales teams, kind of like what you do in that mm-hmm. regard, because business owners have a need, they'll invest in their employees, you help them, they get more money, their employees get more money, it's kind of a win-win there. That right. was kind of the, the transformation of it. No, that, that makes a ton of sense. and. And that's what happens. You start having these conversations with these higher level individuals and you realize, oh, this is the piece that they're missing, <laughs> you know? And yeah. for me, I joined uh, Apex. I think Zach was in there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what, that's how I met him. But I joined Apex and I'm around all these multimillion dollar business owners and thinking I'm the imposter, you know what I mean? And then they're like, uh, so you do sales, right? And it's like, yeah, I've got, uh, you know, 40 plus guys, you know, selling all over the country, whatever. And, uh, and they're like, how do you recruit them? How do you do this? You know, how do you make sure that they don't oversell or underpromise, overdeliver? Mm-hmm. You know, overpromise, underdeliver. And um, so I started walking through my systems, and they're like, hey, can you do that for my company? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I can. How much would you charge me? Uh, Ten grand. You know what I mean? Okay, you start tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yep. okay. <laughs> so that's how this works, right? Kind of fell into it, like you said, you mm-hmm. know, and realized that I had something there. I'd been doing it for 13 years, like building sales teams, different different clients, different products. You know, we sold Spectrum for a bit, residential door-to-door. And um, yeah, it's been it, it's been a beautiful thing for sure. And so on the podcasting side, you know, you're 140 episodes in now. Are you doing one a week? Yeah, I'm releasing one a week. Yep. Okay. And so do you kind of uh, uh, compound them all at once, knock them out, and then you're good for a couple of weeks? Or how do you work your system there? Um, It depends. So some weeks, like I took June off because I had some family stuff. So I took the whole month of June off, but I had 12 deep. So I'll do yeah. two a week a lot of times so that when I'm like, when I go to Hawaii in, in September, I have it set up. I like mm-hmm. to compound them just that way. If I have something come up, I don't have to worry about it. Um, that's just, it seemed to be simple for me to do two, three in a week and I'm good to go. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So whenever you're, you know, and we all know how sales is like you've, You've got to put in this foundation of work, which means hours, which means working more than is traditional, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you've got a family on top of that. You have three kids. Are they, what ages are they now? Uh, eight, 18 and 20. Oh, okay. So like most of your, your life, you've been, you've been parenting, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And yep, so yep. got married young, had kids young. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and same here, mine are uh, nine, 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. And so but I, I, I grouped them together a little bit. So I'm past the like little, little one stage, you know? And yeah. so I know during that stage is where I did a lot of my work. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of my experience. I put in 50, 60 hour weeks, all that kind of stuff. And so I definitely sacrificed a lot then more than I should have. And so yeah. did you run into those challenges and kind of how do you deal with them now that you have the eight year old, you've, you've raised two adults already. So now you've got the experience and maybe you're architecting your life a little more. Yeah. So in the beginning, every sales guy does that because when you're learning, you have to get the hours and you have to yeah. go to it. And anytime you switch roles, you have to do it again. Yeah. So what I ended up doing was is I uh, learned how to time block. 
So like with phone sales and doing that, I have golden hours. I have set time blocks that I would do it. But I also learned that I would date my kids. Boys, girls, didn't matter. I would make time and be intentional with that each and every week where I would take them to maybe it was McDonald's or Chick-fil-A at the time or whatever it was for them. And I kept that relationship. And then there was a time when my son was playing baseball that I made a decision to slow down with the sales process. Now, mind you, I had been 10 years in, so I knew what I was doing. Right. I could predict what I was doing with the sales. I had a steady yeah, 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 I knew I wasn't like green. So I took a little bit of a break. And for those two years, I was the assistant baseball coach. I suck at baseball, but it was time to spend with him because yep. if you're building a life like this, the thing you need to remember is this. Don't say you're building a life for your family if you're not spending time with your family. If you're doing it for you, say you're doing it for you. Just be honest with it. I yeah. mean, there's going to take time and grit and learning and leveling up. And then I started doing podcasting and reading books and taking trainings and courses and all the stuff that you needed to do so that I could shrink time. And then you just get good at it because the more you do something and you learn and grow from it, make the caveat there, the better you get. No, I couldn't agree more. And and I would imagine that you're doing the same thing with your wife. Y'all do like a weekly date night, bi-weekly yeah. date night? Yeah, we do the 100%. date nights. We do stuff. We might, It might even be as simple as going for a walk. And then every night around 9 o'clock to 10, we have an hour where we might have baseball on because we're Rangers fans. Or we might nice. have like a movie on or something. And I make sure we have time. Is it always perfect? No, life happens. You know, there's going to yeah. be craziness. But we try to make that because... I'm building my life with my best friend. Mm -hmm. I want her to experience all this stuff. She was with me when I sucked and it was bad and we were trying to do all this <laughs> stuff and it wasn't good. So now she gets to yeah. go and do stuff. Like the reason we're doing the half marathons because that was a thing that she wanted to do. Now we're walking it. We're not running. I'm not saying I'm going to be like super fast, but I'm going to yeah. be in Hawaii. Oh no. I'm going to be in Hawaii for 10 days. I got to work out one day. Okay. Please <laughs> sign me up. But yeah. it's because of sales and building businesses and connections and relationships I've been able to do that. So, yeah, family first for me. I'm a big relationships first type of person. Yeah, uh, Hawaii, a marathon in Hawaii. I, I have a new bucket list item now. <laughs> half marathon. I'm only doing the half. We thought oh, I'd okay. the, the full, and I'm like, I've never done a marathon. I yeah. used to do cross country. I'm like, we're going to do a half. So 13 point, I think, two miles yeah. on Kauai. But Kauai is amazing, dude. You got to go. If you haven't been there it's worth it. No, I love it. I did, uh, I did a marathon last year mm -hmm. and, um, I, I did it with another, uh, another friend of mine and his, the weekend that we decided to do it, his had an organized event and mine didn't, but I have a six mile block around my house. And so basically the, the my wife and kids set up the table. They were nice. my break station. You know what I mean? And so basically I went by five times total, mm -hmm. uh, because I had to finish, I had to go past and then back to finish and uh they had breaks they had sandwiches for me all that good stuff and they, they they made me a sign so in my mind that was better than doing one with everybody else you know what yeah. i mean yeah and but all i did was just kept moving forward mm -hmm. it was like five hours or something it wasn't anything <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, speed wise just to say i did it yeah that yeah. was that's all it was i did a cross country in high school too yeah yeah and so no, i love that i love that yeah no i appreciate it and so i i see a huge correlation between sales self-development and then basically these bucket list items that you're talking about you know mm -hmm. sales forces us to grow it's an uncomfortable growth that most people never have to go through because they get these tasks they complete the task they go home they turn on the netflix and that's life you know what yeah. i'm saying and i am 100 i go through my phases where it's like we have the certain show and we're watching it five nights in a row yep, you know yep. we're, we're 
binging it. And then, and then we have other seasons where it's baseball practice, it's basketball practice, it's all these other things, you know, and then we have other seasons where it's, we're in the Bible, you know, we're reading a book together right mm-hmm. now. We're reading our, my kids have gotten a little spoiled. So we're trying to like reset them a little bit. So we're reading uh, a child called it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever read that book nope. before. Nope. Oh man, it's intense. But anyways, we're, so we're going through that book right now. But anyway, I say all that to say, where have you found your growth and development outside of that, those sales roles? You, mm-hmm. you said, you know, Zach, are you part of his network? Oh uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in his group. I went to, I'm not going to make it to the new event, but I went to the event last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in another gym. I don't know if you know who George Bryant is. I've been to his events a couple of times. He's friends with so. Brian Bogart. I think, you know, Brian. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 He's friends with Brian and I met Brian at his events, but nice. George has helped me with like stillness practices, um, meditation, walking, doing things that will refresh me because I'm actually more of an introvert. I know it's crazy. Sales, you think that people are experts. It's really not the case all yeah. the time. I actually get recharged by being alone and not having a bunch of people around. Yeah. But I've learned to do stillness practices. I, if you follow my socials at all, I walk a lot. Like I walk a crap ton. That's mm-hmm. good for me. Um, and then getting in groups. So like I know a lot of people. I'm not in Apex, but I like a lot of people in Apex. Yeah. I have a lot of entrepreneur friends. I go to events. I connect with just mm-hmm. different people that have the same um, mindset and leveling up and then reading books and just doing things that will, you know, make me grow to become the person I need to be. You know, I think a lot of times people forget and mess up is that you're the secret sauce. A sales process is a sales process. It doesn't matter what it is. If you do the right amount of calls, you learn your product, your services, you learn how to overcome the objections and guide the customer to a decision, you're good. Well, then what's the distinguishing factor? How you show up, how you serve your customer, how you help people. Do you Mm -hmm. make them feel, you know, seen and heard? Do you make them feel appreciated? You know, that whole different aspects. But if you don't have yourself filled up, you can't do that for them. So... I schedule time for me to do that too. I do acupuncture, or I always say it wrong, acupuncture, acupuncture, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My wife laughs at me. I can't say stuff right, but I sell a lot. I don't know. It works. Um, and then <laughs> I think you disarm them right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, being authentically you. Like if you're 100% yeah. you and you're not coming across this as salesy, because I know there's always that bad thought of sales are icky or whatever. And right. In reality, if you just come across as you're helping them, I call it like the Ziegler method. That's what he did. You know, help as many people as you can. And you're authentic. People love it. It just makes them feel more confident and safe. And then they don't feel the pressure of sales because now you're just helping them to make a decision. And if they don't make it for you, great. I refer people away. I tell people all the time, this is not the right option for you. I've made managers mad before, but you know what's crazy? They refer back to me people that are like way better deals for me because I did them a solid first. Well, and then also every now and then they try to sell you on why they should be a customer. Yes, <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? They'll, no, no. You do I the takeaway. Yep. You do the takeaway, and they're like, no, 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 no. Okay, how do how do I make sure I'm fit for this? They're like, I'll change my stuff to get your product. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I've done that before too. It's just it, it's funny because it's so natural now, and when you do it right, then they're like, no, it's okay. And it's it's just funny to see them do that. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. No, I, I remember, you know, training managers to train other guys and, and they're like, uh, you know, like you're, you're psychologically manipulating them. And I'm like, yeah, great. You know, I'm okay with that. You know why? Because I have the best fucking product out there. I yep. truly believe I have the best product. So why would I not find a way to convince them to get it? You know what I'm saying? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing the service here. Like I would do a disservice to them if I didn't, you know, put them in a state where they could make a decision. You know what I'm yeah, saying? And sometimes that's, that's all it is, is putting them in a state where they can make a decision. 
Well, that's our job. Our job right. is to close all the doors of doubts and get it down to value versus cost. Is my value enough for you to make the purchase? If not, cool. I'll go on to someone that I can help. But in reality, once I close all the other doors, it's that, that's it. Does this bring you enough value to meet your problem, to meet your needs, to help you? Which I know it is because, like you said, I do what I do because I know mm-hmm. it works and it helps people. And, and people can sense that. You can sense when someone's trying to get a deal from you and someone's yeah. trying to help you or, you know, meet your need. Yeah, when someone's trying to get a paycheck or they're trying to get a raving customer, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's not often I hear things I haven't heard before, especially inside of sales, right? But close all the doors of doubt. I love mm-hmm. that. <laughs> where did you where'd you hear that from? Is that your own saying or um, where did that come from? It was one of those... I don't know if I heard it from someone or I was yeah. just, I was doing like a training thing and I was thinking, yeah. you know, I got to get them there. And I pictured the hallway and like, if I close these doors, they can only make, get them down to the end of, to the two. And I did right. like a little content piece and I put on there closing the doors of doubt. And my buddy, Tim Kaiser goes, dude, I love that. So I thought about yeah. it more and I did some reels on it, but I'm not saying I'm original. Cause I don't think there's really an original thought. I probably no. heard <laughs> it somewhere in the past. So if someone's yeah. listening, I don't know if it was from me or maybe I heard it from them, but yeah. That's well, we're going to, that's going to be a piece of our content that we put out for this episode and it'll be a, a quote. We do the the Instagram stories and then we quote our, our, our guests. We're definitely using that one. I think right away it'll click for so many people. You know, yeah. all I have to do is close all the doors of doubt and then the customer's going to sign up or the customer will be led to a decision, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. So on the consulting side, businesses, what is like, the overarching thing, the number one thing you immediately point out that they're doing wrong in their sales process. Talking about them and their business. Number one thing, because customers do not care about your business. They don't care about you. They don't even care about your solution until they know you can help them. So if you can actually get them to start, like if you're talking more than your customer, you're losing in the beginning because you're trying to find information out about them you're trying to do different things so that at the end you can come and say hey now my business can do this but you base it off of their pain points and their stuff new salespeople do this all the time customers especially entrepreneurs because they're really excited about what they're doing they talk over their customers they do this oh and i can do this and i can do this and that and they're like um i just wanted to know if you do this one thing make your life easy find out their pain point i customize a solution for their pain point And then they just increase in sales because now you're not wasting time. You're helping the customer and it's sales is so simple, but it's hard. Yeah. It's hard because we're, our tendency is to talk about ourselves. Our tendency is to over, over, uh, over compensate, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure like, Hey, anything you could ever want to solve, I can solve it. And I'm the expert, you know what I mean? And you're going to work with me. It's going to be like magic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Whereas they just want you to, like you said, they just want you to solve that one problem, provide them with a solution, and then you're in good shape. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, you know, I had a, a, a client that did all their sales calls virtually, right? So they had a mm-hmm. sales deck. And uh, their sales deck was 32 slides. Oh, no. And I'm like, okay, you literally went through everything that's good about your product, every feature and benefit, and that's great. But what I can tell you right now is your clients don't care. Yep. And you're, you're exhausting yourself just for them to say no. And then you got to turn around and do it again the next hour, you know? So let's get this down to five slides, you know, and let's not open it up until we've identified at least three, three pain points, Mm -hmm. you know? And so once we we got that in place, their conversion rate went from 11% to like 22%, just like overnight, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. hundred percent. 
and because they're listening finally, just like you said, you know, so it, it surprises me. It does not surprise me at all that that was the, the number one thing for sure. And so is there kind of a, a structure that you follow? Like, do you do an audit process first and then go into basically, all right, here's the pain points in your sales process and here's how we're going to solve them? Or, or is it more, we're just going to start here and then we're going to work our way through these steps? I audit. So because I'm used to talking to people and I'm used to talking to CEOs and CFOs with my day job, mm -hmm. I'll get the business owner, the entrepreneur, whoever they are, and I get them on a call and I have them tell me about the business. And because they like to talk about it, they do. And I have them yeah. tell me about their sales process and their client and all the different stuff. And then I customize the plan toward what they're trying to sell, their needs, their wants, their type of stuff. So like to give you an idea, I did an insurance company recently. They do Medicaid for elderly people. And I might say they're on Medicare, Medicaid, one of those groups, right? Yeah. I customized their plan on how to greet the elderly person, you know, set the call up and then how to overcome the different objections. And they increased by 30% because their cust or their reps were at, the beginning going and following a script of just talking about the company, talking about the company, talking about the company. Well, then I went in and I said, Hey, connect with them. Kind of like you do with door knocking. You're talking to right. grandma. So talk to you yeah. like you're talking to grandma, you know? Yeah. And they came in, they, they were empathetic and they connected with them. Hey, we just want to help you out. We switched that. Then when they would give the objection, we switch it back to helping the customer out. And that's kind of how that one worked. And I just mm. do that with any company I'm with. It doesn't matter. B2B, B2C. It's still the same process, but you just need to find out, hey, what are their pain points? Why are they struggling? Is it you're not connecting with the customer? You're not prospecting mm -hmm. enough? Your message is not the right message for who you're hitting with. You're not okay. finding your ideal client. What is it that you're going to do? So I, I don't do the, and I'm just going to say, I don't do the Grant Cardone. This is the only way you do this. Bang, 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 bang them. Right. I customize it, set it up for them because in the B2B space, it does not work that way. Really, in the B2C space, if you want to be successful, it doesn't work that way. You get some sales, but you don't get raving fans. You don't get the things that you actually need. Right, which is free leads. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Referrals, uh, amazing testimonials, raving fans. You know, I think uh, that comes with customization for sure. And I couldn't agree with you more. While the framework is the same for all the customers that I work with, the the juicy parts, the, uh, th the ways of overcoming objections that they're going to use is completely different from this other company. You know, the only time I see one of the things that I see a lot, and I, I don't know, you tell me this is I'll start with the sales program and I'll almost, well, one in the discovery call, I'll have to push them to a CRM first. So I'll have mm -hmm. to push them. You know, I, I work with a collective now and we have a partnership in a group consulting firm. And uh, one of the guys is the, the goat when it comes to, sales systems and CRMs, follow-up, you know, calendars, you know, the, the copy that you write for the email campaign afterwards, yep. he does all that stuff. So I pass them over to, to him first, get them set up there, and then they can come back to me. If they don't have a CRM in place, like, what are we even doing? <laughs> You're a yeah, chicken yeah. running around with your head cut off, basically. So, but I do, when I go in to, to the business, I realize, oh, dude, they don't even have their ops set up. They don't have a, a, a hierarchy. They don't have a quarterly meeting to set their goals. You know what I mean? These are like simple business structures that because they're a tradesman, they're an expert in their field and mm -hmm. they've, you know, gone from being an employee to being the business owner to like making their first hundred grand and just driving the business forward and never really put systems and processes in place. Yeah. So I'll find I'll have to go backwards almost and establish that first and then we can get into the sales program. You know, are yeah. you experiencing the same thing? 
Yeah, and it, it really just depends on the group that you're with. But yeah, it, it's like they have an idea. Maybe they have one salesperson that's really, really good, and that's more people that are doing it, but they don't have a duplicable system. And you need yep. a duplicable system. Like I make more money because I am consistent. I time block. I have a set structure that I do with my B2B every mm-hmm. day. Doesn't matter if I'm feeling good or feeling bad. Doesn't matter if I'm excited or not. I'm going to come, show up with the right energy, have the right processes, because at the end of the yeah. day, you can only control your inputs. And, and I think that's the thing. And that will be a talented salesperson every time. So I, I have, it's not even theory. This is like my philosophy, right? And so I would much rather have five average salespeople than, you know, two talented ones and three average ones, right? Mm-hmm. As those five average, I can basically tweak the sales program and get the output based because they're, I need a consistent output. I need a consistent work ethic and a consistent value alignment. If I have that, man, the sky's the limit because now I just have to build the system for them. They go and work the system. If there's an issue with conversion rates within the system, then we can go and identify that, solve it, and then we can continue to scale. Like you said, it has to be a duplicatable system in order to be able to do that. So that's a, a huge piece and a huge takeaway from this, that the the alignment is real. You know what I mean? Like, and, and then I can hear it, like as you're talking and things that you're saying are the exact, there's a lot of alignment there. So I know you know your stuff and I appreciate you coming on and sharing that with us for sure. Yeah, and that's why we have a job because yeah. we don't have to train the elite salespeople. They might have their own quirky little things that they're going to yeah. do, but they're going to do their things. But if I can get that, middle 60% to be 10 to 20% better, the company wins because they're yeah. the ones that get most of the deals consistently. Like you're going to have your, every team's going to have that superstar. Let the superstar mm-hmm. do what they do as long as they're not a cancer to your organization. Right. Then you get your next group in that process and then they're happier. They're making more money. And then you just drop the t- bottom 20%. That's the mm-hmm. other thing that they don't like to do. But you know, if you got the 20% that's not producing, drop them, maybe you can get yeah. another 10% and then you only have 10% that's bad. Yeah. And on the, on the superstar subject, like I see it happen all the time where they cater to the superstar, they change the sales program for the superstar and they don't realize that they're just doing it for them and not the rest of the sales team. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if the super, if the, you know, the top producer is requiring all these things, then when one thing doesn't go their way, you just train them to get their way. So when they yeah. don't get their way, they bounce. And all of a sudden you have a sales program built for them but not for the rest of your team. You know, and, and I do, I see that happen. There's the fear is so big because they don't know how to duplicate mm-hmm. that, what that superstar is doing. You know what I'm saying? But once you develop that system and you're able to duplicate it, then all of a sudden you have confidence instead of fear because you know, yeah. oh, I can just hire, you know, five more guys tomorrow. So yeah, and then you just let the superstar go. Like really, because yeah. you don't want to rely on one person. What if they leave? What if they yeah. get sick? What if they do something so bad you have to let them go? Yeah. yeah. Duplicatable. I know everyone's like wanting to be the superstar because that's how you make the most money. Yeah. But if you follow a selling system like we're talking about right now, you mm-hmm. can make 100, 200, 300, 500, a million, depending on your program, and not yeah. even be called the superstar. You're still doing better than most other people. Yeah. No, 100%. I couldn't agree more. All right. Let's, let's pivot over to recruiting. So – you know, recruiting falls under operations for me because a lot of times it's going to be a lot of that system is going to be done by the staff, by the support team, maybe even the leaders. Right. Um, but in that situation, 
kind of how are you setting them up to grow in terms of quality recruiting versus quantity recruiting? You got a door to door company that needs bodies. You got a, a B2B company that needs a high end salesperson. Where are you working in the system in that space? With recruiting, it's more of setting them up to what program they are. Because like, you know, door to door, you're going to take whoever you can get. That's, yeah. you're, you're, that's a weird you system. They can show up. I'm going to kind of train them. But that's kind of an entry level type of thing. If yeah. you're in the B2B space, you want to make sure you have the right people. So what motivates salespeople? It's really simple. Commission, 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 benefits. It's really yeah. that. Because if I was interested in benefits and a good salary, I wouldn't do sales. Because yeah. then I could come in and I'd have, a, okay, I can make 80000 a year. Oh, if I work really hard, I can make 120000 a year. I yeah. would make the commission system set up the best for the salespeople that when they do the things that I want them to do, which is prospecting, follow-up, cold calling, doing all those type of things, it works. Yeah. And then I really am big on prospecting. That is my thing, honestly. Because if you get enough people in your pipeline, even if you're an average salesperson, if you get enough people in that pipeline, you're going to sell more than the guy that's system. amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, when you look at kind of those, and I get asked this all the time, and it's it's my least favorite question because now I've got to retrain their brain. You know, um, I get that question, and, and you can answer it in the way you would, which is, how do I recruit better salespeople? That's it comes down to how you have it set up. What are you projecting? Who do you connect with? Who do you want to see going and being your voice, your person, your face? If it's door to door, you might want to be, and you're in a really nice area, you can have a certain demographic and group you want to do it to. Yeah. If it is over the phone, here's a crazy thing. You might want to have women do it because guess what? Men will listen to women more and they can get through gatekeepers easier sometimes because of the ability to connect. It's just finding that right person for you. It depends on... Do they have your core values? Are they going to take care of your customer correctly? Are they going to do what you ask them to do? Can you trust them? I'm really big on that. And I know it's kind of hard to recruit that, but you have to recruit out and grab people in. And then in the interview process, set your standards high. Tell them what's expected. Find out what they've done before and then check. I would a little bit like, I need references. Okay, cool. Yeah. You said you sold $200,000 for that company. Great. Can I talk to them? Because I want to know really what happened. Why aren't you there if you sold that much? Like, I'll ask yeah. hard questions in yeah. that interview process because I want the best people to serve my people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, I, I would, when I ask that question, it's like, why aren't you there anymore? I would get the same answer every time. Oh, it was the manager. Oh, it was, this person had a vendetta. And I'm like, all right, you're a problem. <laughs> right away, you're a problem. You know, you're not telling me, I feel like I had a ceiling on me. You're not telling me, like, I, I wanted to grow more. I wanted to learn more, and I didn't feel like I could do it there. You're telling me, oh, so-and-so had a problem with me. You know, there was drama, you know. And as soon as I hear that, I'm like, out. Oh, <laughs> you're yeah, out. Automatic out, can't do it, no. You you want the people that are growing. I would actually take someone that's young, that's hungry, saying, hey, I'm learning sales. I wanted to do this. I want to grow, that I yeah. can train. Then someone that's there and goes, oh, this guy did that, and I got blah, blah, blah. Because – it's 100% ownership in sales, just like mm -hmm. in entrepreneurship. You have to own it. It's on you. No one's coming to save you. No one's coming to help you yeah. in that regard. You are going to have to own it. So, yeah, I agree with you 100% there. I think, it's, I think it's funny how the recruiting process kind of mirrors the sales process. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when you're recruiting maybe more, a little more volume than quality. And um, you basically are pitching them the opportunity a little bit, right? 
And so it's not a sexy position, you know, B2B telemarketing sales, right? Talking to people that maybe don't want to be talked to, right? (laughs) And so there is a little pitching happening, right? And Mm -hmm. so it's very similar. Intro, build rapport, make sure that you align in terms of energy, right? And then you get into the qualify, like what are your pain points about your previous positions or, you know, what are the, the, uh, I guess, the motivations, motiv- uh, the motivations that you're even here, and then speaking to those in the presentation process when you're talking about compensation, when you're talking about um, basically the sales process, and then you close after you've identified all those pain points, identified all those motivations, and how your company is going to bring them in. So it's, I think it's hand in hand with the, the sales process. And this happens in recruiting, it happens with the staff, it happens with the actual sale, obviously. And then when you're talking about doing business, like your, your company with another company, it's just, it's all intro, qualify, present, close. <laughs> you know what I mean? Life, Life. is a sale. Life yeah. is always a sale. It doesn't matter. Like I, I do a lot of, um, I've been in a lot of interviews and I'm always talking to him. I'm like, well, with my role, this is what you have to do. If you're doing phone sales, it's like going to the bar at six o'clock trying to take a girl home. If yeah. you're in the inbound team, you're at midnight, they're picking someone. You have to have the ability to, like, I like painting pictures because sales, stories sell, you know, it's just kind of that thing. I'll do that, but then I'll pop them with just different questions. Like, how would you respond to this type of situation? What would you do if this happened? You say that you can dial. Tell me about your week. What was the most you dialed in with? I was like, literally, they'll bring me in because they want someone to pop them a little bit. And I'll just like, look, I don't care. You're not going to affect my paycheck. I have no skin in the game. I want to know how you're going to work. And, and it's just, it, it's funny to see people's responses, but life is a sale. Yeah. We just get paid for it because we're smart enough to say, yeah, I want to get paid for what I can do. Okay. So is there a point where you're going to hang up the sales headset for the consulting and podcasting headset? What's next for your, your company and your plans? That's in the future. So it's not a set date yet because I make really good money in sales. So I have yeah. a deal with my wife. I had to make more than what I'm making in my day job to make that move. A, that makes perfect sense. I yeah, started, yeah, I've been sales coaching part time for about a year, more intentionally for about six months. So I, I have a plan and a strategy in my life that I'm trying mm-hmm. to do. I'm shifting. I told you before the thing, I'm shifting probably the podcast. This will be the first time I've said it on public, but I'm shifting my podcast from the 150K to more my name and more my brain and what I'm doing so I can yeah. build that up. Because again, as we know in entrepreneurship, you have to be able to build your name, be brand recognition, help people do that type of stuff. Um, my goal really is to help people build life by design and a life that they love to do. And sales is the tool belt. That's what I'm going to use. So I would say probably within the next, I don't like putting exact dates on it yet because I have like really big goals, but I bet you within the next two, three years, if we're recording the podcast again, we'll be talking from a different spot. And because it's just a natural progression, like I'm having opportunities come to me because I've done the work I've became an overnight success in 18 years, whatever, you know, I've done all that (laughs) stuff. And yeah. so I'm at the point now where I'm helping people and it's just going to get to the point where there's so much business, me helping them that I can't do both. And then I will just transition over to doing it full time. And then from there, you know, building it up and making it into what I want it to be. And yeah. I love it, brother. I'm excited for you. And I have no doubt that it'll probably be less than two years. You know what I'm saying? You've, as, you know, as far as I'm concerned and I, I am full time now, right? So looking back, you've got all the systems, they're all up here, you know what I mean? And then you're, you're issuing them to your, to your uh, clients 
But uh, let me ask you this, and this is just unsolicited advice, so forgive me, you know. Oh, no, please do. But are you putting those systems – so one of, the, one of the most effective tools I've found is to give it away for free, right? Mm -hmm. Not to the clients necessarily, but to social media, to people in need that need the help. And what's going to happen is clients are going to come out of that because what, what I feel like happens is they get it for free and they don't use it and they realize, hey, I need someone to execute this. Mm -hmm. And when they when – they, then the value is built. And so when they see that invoice for 5, 10, 25K, then they have value behind it because they know, well, okay, I'd have to hire uh, a sales manager and they're not going to be experienced as Joe is to build this out. And so I'm bringing Joe in for a quarter, you know what I mean? And then I can have a sales manager take over after he builds it out, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm, I'm finding a lot of success with. Yeah, and, and, and I do give a lot for free. Like, that's the podcast, 140 yeah, episodes. Yeah, that's, the, that's what we're doing right now. What yeah. we're doing right now. I mean, really, if people were were thinking, they could go to our information right now and Absolutely. they could become the most successful salespeople they are. But really, coaches are there for accountability. Coaches are there to guide you in when you trip up and shorten time, and that's what we do. Yeah. You know, I do give a lot of stuff away for free. I've done free trainings. A lot of times I might do even like, okay, you got to pay 50 bucks to do a training with me, whatever, if I'm even in a group yeah. class. Just different things to give people the opportunity because yeah. I think what you give out, what you do comes back to you. Like I've gotten a lot of my clients because I did something for free for them in the yeah. beginning. Like, dude, I need you to come and help me. And then he referred me to another client. Then he referred me to another yeah. client. Why? Because once you get that going and if you can stay in that referral-based aspect, <laughs> it's so much easier because now Tim's going to go tell Sally. He's going to go tell – Bill, yeah. that you did it and you just take care of the customer and it comes back to you. Universal law. God, however you want to put it, it comes back yeah. to you. You're giving stuff out over and over again. You know, what you sow, you reap if you want to go biblical because I remember you yeah. were talking about like that stuff. Like it, it's, a, it's a law. You can't like outgive it. It will come back to you. The problem is, is if you're in lack or scarcity, that's what comes to you. If you're yeah. holding on to it too tight, that's what comes to you. I couldn't agree more. It's uh, there, there's another term for a law of reciprocity. Mm -hmm. You know, what you put out, you'll get back. Love it. Okay, last two questions. This used to be the last question, and then somebody corrected me that it was two questions. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, what does legacy mean to you, and what legacy do you want to leave behind? Oh, that's a good question. So, legacy to me would be how people think of me when they hear my name. Was yeah. I a good father? Was I a good friend? Did I do what I say? Did I hold my word? Was I able to impact people for the good? Was I able to accomplish the things I wanted to do? So that whole concept of legacy for me is, is that. So for me, I want to be the best person I can be and help as many people as possible for as long as I live. I want to be able to do what I want to do, travel wherever I want to travel, do the things I want to do, and just be authentically me and help as many people as possible. I know that's kind of cliche-ish in a lot of ways, but mm -hmm. I'm, that's just kind of how I think. That's how my mind works. Well, I think, and it, I don't know that it's age-based, it's more growth-based, you know, uh, experience-based. I think that's where a lot of people end up, you know, the, the ones that are truly out to give, mm -hmm. you know, and that are truly want to make an impact like that. That is a universal answer. You know, there's different variations of it, different uh, frameworks for it. But at the end of the day, it ends an impact, you know. And um, I love that that was your answer. And I look forward to seeing what you do with your business. Man, we almost made it all the way through. <laughs> 
Sorry, my daughter just got home and all the dogs. Mm -hmm. All right, brother. Crazy. I apologize. Well, if anybody's watching this and they want to reach out, they want to hire you for the services or they just want to follow you and be impacted by you, where can they do that at? Sure. On Instagram, it's pretty easy. It's Joe Graham Real. I just changed that there. Uh, if you want to check out the podcast, that's really easy to catch me there. It's 150K Podcast. I have a group on Facebook called 150K Podcast, LinkedIn. Pretty much everything has the same picture, same thing. I just try to keep it simple and easy. Awesome, brother. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Sorry the dogs barked at the end, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Let's get building, guys. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Be sure to execute on everything that you just heard and let's get building. Before we sign off, we'd like to invite you to join our Brickyard community. Head on over to jointhebrickyard.com. Again, that's jointhebrickyard.com or click the link in the description to find out more.